This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than, a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Cthulhu Art. The link will be in the show notes. So, today more vampires. More vampires. And it's nice to be, I don't know, talking to everybody again. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's yeah. been uh, crazy. <laughs> as everyone, well, as our listeners are aware, Joanna's got children that have responsibilities involved with them and i play in a band that's been playing a lot so we just couldn't get it together in right. may like our schedules just would not mesh up for like the like the one day a week that we each had free was not the same day like at all ever so but we're back but we are back yeah good to be back yes and talking a little bit more about vampires we did the show uh couple episodes back like episode before last was yes, it yes. about kind of the origin of vampires and now we're going to talk about maybe some more well-known uh people that were thought to be vampires and vampires and more like mainstream culture yeah more of the contemporary idea of vampires where that came from and some people who are called vampires for a variety of reasons yes did you watch any of the anything about like vampires today I read about some vampires today. Yeah. Like the different. Well, I saw a couple that like, you know, like guest hosts. The one came on the the Tyra Banks show. Oh, really? Yeah. I won't name any names because I'm not going to. Besides Tyra Banks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not her. I'm like. Right. It's just her show. Criticizing and thinking they're kind of a fucking weirdo. Well, I mean, name. a little. <laughs> But not in, like, I'm a modern-day vampire, and I suck blood, and these are the different types of vampirism that is yeah. practiced today, and here's my, like, filed-on teeth, and... Crazy It's, it's just shit. weird. Yeah. And then how they dress, and just the whole, like, yeah, I'm a vampire thing. It's just like, okay. Yeah. That's, uh... Some of them are very strange. Yeah. It's definitely something where it's, like, not my cup of tea, I would say. Well, these modern-day vampires are just pretty much regular people that follow a vampire lifestyle. You know, like Joanna was saying, they're sort of the goth types. They've got the frilly shirts and cosmetic fangs and what like have long, you. And, like, the pinky ring with, like, the long fingernail and, like... They get basically their... The style of dress is from Anne Rice novels and, you know, Victorian England and just kind of the vampire cult films and just common collective memory of what vampires are there's this other subculture that the vampires are in as well and they're called other kin these are people who identify as not wholly human so there's vampires but there's also people who believe that they're fairies or angels or werewolves or all kinds of other critters some of these folks believe it to be genetic 
Others believe that they were these creatures in a past life. And still others experience species dysphoria. It's when a person feels like they are in the body of the wrong species. Mm, like, I feel like I'm in the body of someone who should be a mermaid. Right. Something like mm-hmm. that. You would be... And I'm pretty sure I was a mermaid in a past life. You said they imagined that... They believe that. Yes, some yes. of them do. So there you go. So you are another kin. Mm-hmm. Genetically mermaid. And some studies have <laughs> indicated that just under half those that experience the species dysphoria are also furries. I just really wanted to bring the furries back into it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing up the the furry thing. And, hey, no problem. We have discussed this at the time. Yeah. Like that you were accosted like, by a furry in Seattle. Furry in Seattle. Oh, my God. Uh, so half of the people who think. It, she should have called animal control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I should have fucking like maced that free. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Like that is more an, of an accurate depiction of what I should do because. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair it's totally fair <laughs> it's like not okay to go out and freaking inflict uh, your accost young girls yeah. dressed as an animal of some sort yeah force your weird sexual freaking stuff stuff that you like that's weird upon other people who are not into your weird stuff like keep it to the dick pics gentlemen right Come on. at least you can hit delete on that that's right but can I delete the feeling of the furry wrapping his head, you know, feeling the fur on me? I'm, I'm out in Seattle. I am scantily dressed. Right, right. It was probably freezing because I believe it was my friend Lindsay's birthday in November. So it was probably cold as fuck. It was probably cold as fuck, but I am pretty sure I was scantily dressed because yeah. like, yeah, I can feel his fur on like my all skin. all over you. <laughs> to this day, just like, ugh. No matter how many showers won't wash away well i just wanted to bring up the other can yeah so thank you thank you for bringing that up and that's weird so 50 percent under it was something like 47 percent of those who experience species dysphoria are also furries well i guess that kind of makes sense since they dress up like fucking animals and yeah fucking hump people dressed up like animals i think they don't generally try and hump civilians i think they generally go for other furries but that one was probably I don't know I can't make that it. one was just out of control. That was just out of yeah, just, <laughs> just on rabid. The streets of Seattle and just fucking like, grabbing whatever. Within the vampires, however, there's also a split. There's several different kinds. There's the sanguinarians. They believe they need to drink the blood right. to live. And then there's like the psychological ones. The psychic vampires, where they just feed psychic. off of okay. psychic energy and auras and shit like that, and they do that so they can maintain their. Uh, psychological and spiritual and that's another thing balance. like when there's like ooh, i'm just like sucking this person's power with my mind and i'm just kind of like mm, so i'm trying to you know i'm like just laughing in the inside just a little bit it's like, like the kids in the hall i'm crushing your head <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right. yes yeah just mm, all right and then they yeah they feed off of it i'm like i think i feel like you just imagine that you suck the energy from other people yeah maybe yeah yeah you feed on your own imagination. Although, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we just don't notice it. Maybe that's what's happening to me now because I'm so fucking tired maybe. all the time. Maybe. Maybe at like, night. I'm tired all the time, but I'm especially tired all the time right now. And this shouldn't be happening because it's finally like fucking 
spring and like the days are longer and sun is out the sun is out and i feel like i should be less tired right now maybe we work with a psychic vampire and they're just feeding off of you all day at work that'd be terrible that wouldn't be great well because damn because then i have to figure out how the fuck do i get rid of this goddamn vampire like yeah i don't know maybe you should make a tulpa to find him (laughs) (laughs) but maybe it's being done by a tulpa oh maybe that could be as well Something is sucking my energy away. Something. And it's not fun. Mm-mm. Uh, we also have living vampires. Uh, living vampires don't drink blood and they don't feed off psychic energy. They just like belong to a clan and dress like it. And the clans are just basically groups of people that are like-minded. So it's like any sort of gang or you know group of friends. It's just sort of a support system. I don't think system. it's like a gang. Well, not, not, a, ga- not a gang, <laughs> yeah. but I, I mean, in that they're all yeah. sort of... Bloods or crips. <laughs> Bloods, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, you know, they support each other and hang out and do stuff together. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, gang stuff. Yeah, gang stuff. There's also supporting each other is totally like that's number one. In doing <laughs> totally, every morning before they go out, they sort of sit around and it's really like, let's just have a rap circle about and stuff. Let's hold hands and let's tell each other how beautiful that we are. They right sit now, in chairs backwards know? and wear their hats backwards and then just really you know talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Open up, allow themselves to be vulnerable with one another. They so got to be vulnerable be with one another empowered. because the streets are so hard. Mm-hmm. The last sort of vampire we have here is the transcendental vampire, and they believe they have an immortal soul, and this soul will travel into the body of a younger vampire and fuse with it, and that will achieve immortality. The vampires that drink blood, they don't drink much blood usually. Usually it's just like a few drops. They have been known to drink as much as a cup. I know. How gross is that? That's really gross. They, uh, I just can't imagine drinking a cup of someone else's blood. I know it's just gross. Like, any blood, ew. like any sort of like, animal I wouldn't blood, want to drink just... a cup of my own blood. I mean, I can taste my own blood though. Like, you freaking you get like a little tiny oh, yeah. cut and you like lick it off there. Yeah, did you know that saliva contains stuff that actually like no- helps like numb an injury? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, lots of animals my lick when there's an injury. That. He's such a wealth of information. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. I don't know. Yeah, probably with the same with most mammals because yeah, they pretty much every critter wounds, lick their wounds. Yeah, yeah, or lick the wounds of their friends, depending upon what sort of animal it is. But yeah, so I can take, I can deal with that. I can like taste like oh, a drop yeah. or two of my own totally, blood. Totally, but I'm not like, like chugging a cup. No, I would not want to drink a cup of my own blood, and certainly not anybody else's. Yeah, no. Ew. Now the blood is obtained from willing donors, and it's taken in a way that doesn't harm the donor, so they're not just getting chewed on. Right, I I'm sure that one, happens one too. One thing but... where they just use like a little lancet connected to a tube, like when they take your blood at the doctor's oh, office. Oh, okay. So the, it only comes out, doesn't go back in. Right. Yeah. And they just like collect it up into like a syringe or something, and then they pour it into like their goblet or crystal wine glass, glass and flute, like, mm, whatever. Yum, gross. Yeah. Ooh. Totally gross. That is like 100 percent nasty. There's also the people that play the Vampire the Masquerade live action game, which is where they actually it's it's a like a tabletop role playing game, except they actually act out what's going on, and they'll do that and dress like vampires and act like vampires out in just the city streets, sometimes in hotels. Okay. 
they don't actually believe well some may believe they're actually vampires but they're just pretending to be vampires they look like it you know a lot of them get the pointy teeth a lot of black clothes frills what have you so it was a game about pretending to be vampires yeah well in the game it's actual vampires but yeah sort of like dungeons and dragons but with vampires okay well, I never played Dungeons and Dragons. But you know what Dungeons and Dragons is. Well, yeah, I know what it is. I just never played it, you know. You never bellied up to the dice table? Uh, no. I was, like, <laughs> popular in high school and stuff. And then, there, there was none and... of this. <laughs> and then anytime following that, like, why would you even be playing it anymore? I guess some people do. Some people do. It's a hobby just like anything else. That's true. It's probably kind of fun, actually. It's probably. just not something I'm not willing to be that public about my nerdiness. <laughs> nerdiness is cool nowadays. <laughs> Being a geek is fine. Geek chic. Some nerdiness is cool, but there are still people that are just straight up, like, nerds. <laughs> Smell you later, mm-hmm. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring it back a century or so, century and a half, and talk about, you have to talk about when you talk about vampires, of Count Dracula. Right. This is where most present-day vampire mythology comes from. From Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Hell yeah. And basically, the story is some guy goes to, an English guy goes to Transylvania to help a rich guy out with a real estate deal. Some shit goes down. The guy turns out to be a vampire who also owns a bunch of estates in London under assumed names. And uh, he leaves Transylvania and goes to London to do some, you know, vampire shit. Yeah. As vampires do. Yep, as they'll do. Van Helsing is some guy who knows about vampires, so they call him up, see what's going on with all the people that are getting vampired, and they basically find Dracula, and Mm -hmm. Dracula figures out that they're trying to find him, and some shit goes down, and eventually they kill him. Spoilers, sorry. It was published in 1897, so... Gets staked. Yeah, gets staked and dies. There are a couple people in history who they believe inspired Bram Stoker to be a Dracula. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, as most people know, there was, of course, Vlad III, or Vlad Tepes, which is the second son of Vlad Dracul, who was... Which he got that name from, like, the Order, because he was part of the Order of the Dragons. Yes, it was... It's Dracul means dragon in Romanian. Mm-hmm. And... And so, as his son, he was Vlad Dracula. Yes. The Order of the Dragon was a chivalric order committed to upholding Christianity and defending against the Ottoman Turks because they were Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. And... Raging around back then. This was 1436 where Vlad Dracul was the uh, ruler of Wallachia. And Wallachia is in its modern day Transylvania area. Yep. Well, religious conflict has been going on forever. In 1442, Vlad III along with his younger brother, were taken hostage by the Ottoman Empire to ensure his father's cooperation. Five years later, Vlad's father and older brother were killed by John Hunyadi, who was the regent governor of Hungary, and they invaded Wallachia. And that wasn't his... His brother was, like, blinded. Oh, was his brother blinded? I his thought he was... brother was blinded with, like, red-hot stakes and then buried alive along with his oh, father. Oh, man, that's... Fucking hardcore. Fucking shitty. This is the thing, oh my gosh, researching this stuff, like, fucking Vlad is just like, oh. Yeah, this is going to be. I hate, like, the imagery involved in reading about 
this guy. There's going to be a lot did. of fucked up shit we talk about in this episode. It's going to be oh, a pretty bloody episode. I just can't deal. Yeah, it's it pretty. Just, it's just all. I just don't understand the human capacity for evil and to like, like how do torture you the fucking torture shit out of people. Yeah, like that like and many people and just oh, I just don't understand it. I can't. I don't want to understand it. And I wish, like, way less people did that. I wish nobody did that, like, ever. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. No, it's awful. Like, you should not fucking torture people and stuff. No. Blinding them and then burying them alive yeah, is a shitty just... way to kill someone. <laughs> oh, I my mean, God. fucking A. So Especially for these people awful. who it's are... Just like, you, I just can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that was like. like right. Fucking horrible. <sighs> this is just how, like, life was. Yep. That was just something that could like happen. ancient Transylvania. I mean, just the Turkish Ottoman Empire. I mean, even, you know, there's England, France. They all had, like, just, like, a horrific shit that they would do to people. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, Vlad's story seems, like, particularly dark and fucked up. Yeah, and we're not even... sure. We're not even there yet. No, mm. not even close. Yeah. We're just talking about how his father and brother were killed. But yes. then... He comes into power. Well, first his I mean, he, second him his, cousin him, yeah, is put I mean, in power, and then well, he's imprisoned basically with the Ottomans. Yeah, he's uh, you know kind of being hostage. held by him a hostage. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not throwing him in a cell. He's probably being allowed stuff. Dude, to... I mean, he's a prince, so they're not right. they're treating him well. Now, what but... was his younger brother's name? Radu. So he has a younger brother, Radu, who is in prison with him, and Radu actually converts to Islam, but Vlad refuses. Yes. Vlad's not cool with that. The region governor of Hungary who put Vlad's cousin in power went against the Ottomans with Vlad's cousin, and Vlad leaves the Ottoman Empire and sneaks in to take over, but they come back and he, he takes off again. Nine years after this, Vlad invades Wallachia with Hungarian help and kills his cousin. In 1460, after a bunch of extra bullshit, peace was restored and Vlad was in control. Now, is this when he kills all the people, like, after the dinner? This is when things start going to shit. How Well, for everybody else, really. So the two envoys <laughs> from the Ottoman Sultan come to Vlad and tell Vlad. him to pay homage to the Sultan. And Vlad's all like, fuck that. Kills him. Impales him. Impaling is... Want me to show you how I'm going to say, fuck that, and fuck the sultan? Oh, I'm going to fucking impale you. Yep. Impaling is... So fucked up. Pretty nasty. So they take this... This is going to... This is gross. They lay the victim on their belly, and then they slit the rectum and Uh. apply a paste to stop the bleeding. Then they, a long pointed object, a spike, gets hammered into the ass, into the split rectum, and then is placed straight up in the ground so that gravity is slowly pulling them down and it's slowly impaling them. Right. Although they weren't all like that. I mean, the impalement he also did was through the torso and everything, but kind of missing the vital organs. So you're like laying there for days suspended. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't so... all the fucking other kinds which yeah also is fucking awful but of both kinds the victims were placed along the road leading up to the castle and then also around his castle yeah so the sultan this is when i think the sultan was you know one of the many times he's coming to attack but there's at one point like twenty thousand of captured captured ottoman soldiers that were 
impaled. He killed between 40,000 and 100,000 civilians, rivals, criminals, and people he saw as useless, in, as well as around 100,000 of the Ottoman Tur- Turks who were invading. So his death, he, he killed up to 200,000 people and impaled a good majority of them. Right. Well, those are the ones that were captured. I'm sure when they attribute other deaths to him like he killed all these people it's because his army also yeah also probably killed a lot of in, army in killing battles but... so that accounts for a lot too it's not just it's not like he had a hundred thousand people skewered well probably just like, about... just like like 50 maybe well <laughs> like i would say well out of the two hundred thousand, i would say half of them probably I don't, got know. I don't know a shitload of people got i impaled. feel like some of this stuff is a little bit inflated they said, probably yeah because a lot of this was written by people that were enemies of him like i don't doubt that it was fucking awful as fuck and accounts of, fuck, of but... battles in history oftentimes the numbers are inflated because either just to make it sound better a lot of times probably mm-hmm. so i wonder if a hundred thousand is or... like real it's like oh man a hundred thousand you know, like, I had, like, a million drinks the other night, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. I kind of believe the 20,000 Ottomans, because the Sultan, the Turkish Ottoman Empire was pretty was fucking, fucking brutal. huge. Huge and brutal, too, yeah. and so, and it freaked him out so bad, he left when he saw that. So, I kind of believe that he probably did, like, spike 20,000 people all around the outskirts of the capital. Yeah, like, hey, <laughs> check like, it out, guys. This is what's waiting, yeah, awaiting you. welcome. The so, reason... yeah, he turned around and left. I mean, this guy's pretty hardcore, and this freaks him out so bad that he's just like, yeah, no. Yeah, he was trying to put his younger brother, the one that had converted into power. Yeah. That's what his whole goal was, was to mm-hmm. get Vlad out, and yeah. Did you notice that it was like Prince Radu and Prince Vlad? They're all princes. Why aren't they ever kings? Probably they weren't allowed to become kings mm. because, you know, their father is dead and they put the cousin in control. So that makes the cousin the king. Yeah, but you never heard him being called king. I didn't hear anybody being called king. I've heard other people being called king of other places that were around it, like Hungary. Uh-huh. Yeah. King yeah. Of, was it Matthias or something? Matthias Cornivis, yeah, the king yeah. of Hungary. Maybe that's why maybe Hungary had control of the particular Appalachia, and so it didn't allow for there to be a king of that area since the king uh, was in Hungary. But I'm not 100. percent Yeah, hmm. but I'm not. I'm not 100. percent That's just me. You know, I just thought it was interesting. Wildly cause... speculating. <laughs> well, Vlad attempted to kidnap the Sultan. Oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. Uh, but it didn't really matter because the Wallachians were pretty much align themselves with his brother at this point. So he was kind of losing his grip on the country. Uh, He went to the king of Hungary and he was like, hey, can you help me? And the king of Hungary just imprisoned him. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. So he had kept him in there until 1475. And then this is how I'm going to fucking help you, motherfucker. Yeah, you stay here. Yeah. And in 1476, Vlad fought for the king of Hungary. In his so, army against the Ottomans in Bosnia. During that time, I believe his first wife, didn't she kill herself? She threw herself off the tower of one of his castles. Because she got word that, like, Radu was, they were trying to put, you know, Radu in power. And the right. Turks were coming, and rather than get captured and deal with whatever came of that, she was just like, fuck that. And killed herself. Killed herself. Yeah. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. 
Well, Vlad died in January of 1477. and uh, Presumably in battle and had his head cut off. Allegedly, he was buried in a monastery uh, in Snagoff. Ah. Yeah, Snagoff mo- Monastery. Except that when, uh, I guess in 1931, they went to open up his tomb. So there was like his tomb where supposedly his... Head was... Well, no, like just this coffin and everything, oh, oh. and him, and they opened it up, and all they found were horse bones. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there was no casket, and there was no body. Interesting. So. And they don't know what happened to. Nope, it. it's still a mystery today. What happened to his body? Where it must really be buried, or what happened to it, or maybe what happened to it after it was supposedly buried. Maybe those people weren't the first to break into the tomb who knows yeah well, apparently not or maybe mm-hmm. yeah who knows maybe he was just interred as a horse or like whatever oh, fuck this guy <laughs> we may never know but yeah generally not a nice guy associated with vampirism not only because of the well the fact that i mean his body's missing from the tomb his father and his brother buried alive and then i guess when he invited all those like noblemen, the um, what was it, the boyers? Yeah. When he invited them all to his house for that feast, and then like freaking impaled like five hundred of them. <laughs> Supposedly, he was like collecting, having their blood collected as they sat there impaled on the spikes, and he would like dip his bread in it and then eat the bread. Kind of like, you know, when you go to the Italian restaurant, you have a little dish of, like, olive oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dip your bread in there. No, I get it. Or vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Olive oil and vinegar, I think, too, mixed together. Mm, It's making me hungry. Well, let's go impale someone and (laughs) get some of their blood. You're a sick bastard. I meant that I wanted some... (laughs) Fucking olive oil and vinegar oh, and oh, bread right. dipped in that. I, I got you. That makes... That's the part that was making me hungry, not him going around to fucking victims dying all skewered. Well, it's hard to tell. And I get, sometimes... I mean, when he went through, when it was the one where it did go through your ass, then it would like come out your mouth and shit eventually, just like. I'm sure you'd be dead long before that. Hopefully. I fucking hope so. That's fucking would... horrible. Because it's going through all your internal organs. And... Right. Yeah, you're Whereas sure the you'd other be way, dead. too, though, that kind of missed your internal organs so you just like bled out yeah or died of like sepsis because yeah. it, like it would like perforate your bowels probably but um just not your lungs or lungs stomach or liver or, your yeah. heart and yeah, yeah. Just, just laying in the fucking elements oh my god yeah. that is fucking horrible that is fucking horrible and that's just if that is actually true and not just something that was kind of made up to yeah yeah further make him seem like a bad guy yeah which i don't i don't see why there would be a need for a lot of exaggeration i mean it sounds pretty fucking bad <laughs> probably no worse than i mean we, yeah he impaled more people than others but still there was a lot of torture going on oh yeah i mean there's a lot of torture going on everywhere <laughs> yeah. so he wasn't especially uh, in war yeah but so he wasn't like special i guess in that regard but still it was a lot of people and that would just freak me out the thought if that's true he's just sitting there like like hey how's it going you know like takes a little plate of their blood and just like dips Dips it in his bread eats it while he's watching them like suffer and i mean it's screaming and yeah yeah. Yeah. and he's just like what's up this is fine bread in here and nibble on it and think 
Like, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? Just impaled a bunch of motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Like, what's next on my to-do list? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go forward a couple hundred years to another wonderful person. Are we going to talk about Elizabeth Bathory? The Hungarian noblewoman, Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Countess of blood. blood She was fluent in five languages, had been trained in the classics, and had also learned math. It's like, I wish I could be fluent in five fucking languages. Right. Like, that's pretty impressive. I she, can't even be fluent in a second language. I'm I'm barely fluent in fucking English. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she liked to dress like a boy, and she learned many things that were only taught to boys, like fencing and horsemanship. She was engaged at 11 to a 16-year-old count who ended up leading the Hungarian armies against the Ottomans again, or still. It's like, still with the fucking Ottomans. Right. Like, they were fucking persistent that was quite the empire i'm pretty sure it was the ottomans that ended up uh, taking down constantinople finally Hmm. she had three daughters alive by the time she was 36 and a close circle of friends which included a boy named janos probably janos probably janos anna darvolia a servant elona her children's wet nurse and elona's friend dorotia and then also a washerwoman named catalan with the exception of Janos, her crew was all old women. These five people tortured and killed a ton of servant girls, mostly between the ages of 10 and 14. It was reported that Bathory would beat these little girls with whips and cudgels, cut them with shears and daggers, burn them with hot irons, and jam needles under their fingernails. Anyone caught trying to remove the needles would get a finger or a toe cut off. Uh, they also didn't really feed their victims. Well, yeah, I imagine not. I mean, if you're going to do all that fucking shit to him, I don't know why the fuck you would feed them. Right. It was reported that she, Bathory, would bite off pieces of flesh from the girls' faces and shoulders. And they said it was usually done when she was too sick to get up to actually beat them. So she just chewed on them a bit. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why she likes to bite them and all that stuff. She just had like a really bad case of anemia. She was, yeah, she has, uh, suffered from she epilepsy. She needed that extra fucking iron, all right? Ep- epilepsy and migraines is what she, the problem she had. was. That's why she was too sick to get up sometimes. She just had a seizure and, you know, needed some of that iron. Right. <laughs> the exact number of little girls she killed is unknown because the group would hide the bodies very carefully. And the whole operation is real kept on the down low. Well, it's, yeah, it wasn't until she actually started um fucking with some ones that you know people cared about yeah yeah <laughs> like they wanted to investigate because at the time like servant it was like serfdom oh yeah no it, it was fine you could do whatever you wanted with yeah, your serfs. Like you basically the, owned these yeah motherfuckers. like your servants were basically your fucking property to do with as you pleased so it's estimated that she killed as high as 650 but 80 is the most agreed upon number and I think that was what was officially decided upon in yeah, court yeah. when this case was tried. Although, I mean, a lot of this stuff that comes out in the court case against her is also people confessing under fucking torture. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. regardless, this shit lasted from 1585 until about 1609. She, a boy, and four ladies were murdering young virgin girls for 24 years. And she also apparently likes to bathe in the blood. Is that right? It keeps her uh, 
Keeps her young. Keeps her young. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a quote here from a book called The Infamous Lady, The True Story of Elizabeth Bathory. It's written by Kimberly L. Craft. The author compiled information from court documents and put it all together in this book. This is a pretty fucked up quote. So, okay. again, being warned. But what was perhaps most shocking were allegations of exactly how these girls were being tortured and killed. Washed with and made to roll on the floor in nettles. Pins stuck into their lips and under their fingernails. Needles jammed into their shoulders and arms. Floggings on the breasts while held in chains. Their hands, arms, and abdomens scorched with burning irons. Chunks of skin wrenched from their backs with pliers. Noses, lips, tongues, and fingers pierced with needles. Mouths forced shut with clamps. Flesh cut out of the buttocks and from between the shoulders and then cooked and served to them. Flesh and private parts singed with candles. Knives plunged into arms and feet. Hands crushed and maimed. Fingers cut off with scissors and shears. Oh my gosh. Red-hot pokers shoved up vaginas. Bodies beaten to death with cudgels. Lashings until flesh fell from the bones. And girls made to stand naked in the cold, doused with water, or submerged up to the neck in icy rivers. So that was all from the court documents. Right. Which is... Which I'm hoping was exaggerated a bit. I really hope so, too, because that's <laughs> fucked up. That is super, super fucked up. Well, as happens, the townspeople started talking and rumors of her cruelty spread. Eventually, they just wouldn't let their daughters work as servants for Bathory, which made it harder for her to get victims. Yeah, because they're just like, no. But this didn't stop her. So she went to other towns and recruited servant girls, and then started killing the noble girls and that's kind of when shit went out got out of hand and she got well she's right, she been got out of hand but that's when she got caught yeah in 1609 she opened a finishing school for girls uh-oh and this <laughs> is when the nobles were started getting killed right. so and it's like oh elizabeth bathory's finishing school so this time we're gonna like finish off your daughter in fucking horrible ways and you'll never see her again it's been 24 years of them doing this shit and so they're getting a little bit you know sloppy Bodies start turning up around the castle. The guests start seeing the servant girls are all fucked up, bruised faces and shit like that. Uh, they even see these old ladies beating the girls. Wow. And then when the noble girls started disappearing, that's when they called the king of Hungary. So King Matthias sent some folks to investigate what he'd been hearing. Palatine Georgi Thurzo led the investigation where they collected evidence from townspeople, nobles, and a reverend who kept a record of the number of bodies Bathory had asked to be buried. Now, I heard that every single one, like maybe except for one of her servants, like testified against her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were all just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Friday, December 10th, 1610, Countess Elizabeth Bathory was arrested along with the old woman and the boy, who at this point is a man because it's been 24 years. She's placed under house arrest, so she's not allowed to leave her castle. Right. And the others are taken in chains to the town of Bitka for the trial, where they sang like birds. They said everything she had done. They admitted to the whole thing. But again, it was like under torture. I'm sure they just, as it seemed like they just spilled. They were no. just, as soon as they got away from this lady, they were just like, <laughs> okay, check it out. No, it's not like they got a deal for any of that. Oh, no. Maybe killed quickly. No. 
They were not killed quickly. Not all of them. I think most of them were burnt alive. That's not quick. Yeah, that's totally not quick. A merciful beheading. That's quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bathory, in her castle, was writing a bunch of letters saying she was innocent and that she wanted to testify on her own behalf. But she was denied this, and she didn't get a public trial, which is actually probably for the best, as well, far as for her. That and, yeah, because the family just didn't want any, like, scandal associated. Now, the Palatine, like the which is family. basically a vice president to the king, mm-hmm. the Palatine said that in the light of the evidence against her, she should be in prison for life, and her name would not be spoken of in polite society rather than the death penalty. So they're just... Basically, she got sent to her room until she died. The king sent... She still got, like, food and water and well, the, the king literally got walled up in her room. Yep, the stonemasons blocked the doors and windows to her castle. The mm-hmm. king sent him out there, and she was blocked into her, ca- her, into her castle. What, what is that? The, the Telltale Heart? What? The, the, the Yeah, thing? where it's the guy that gets locked, like, you know, uh, bricked into a room or something? Oh. Or is that a different one? No, and I, he, he, the guy that did it can hear his heart beating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah. So similar to that, except she had a whole castle. I thought it was just a room. Oh, no, it was, it was the whole castle. castle. They just, they walled up her castle and she was not allowed out of the castle anymore. She never left that castle again and she died four years later. I think it was her room because they she was only left with little slits for like food and water. And people had to bring it to her, so it can't be like the whole castle. Well, the information How that I have... How is the whole castle done that? I mean, what about her servants? What about the people that feed her for like four fucking years before she dies? Yeah, the information that I read was that the king agreed with the Palatine and sent stonemasons to block the doors and windows of the castle. Mm. I think I feel like it was the doors and windows of like where she lived in the castle. Regardless of whether it was the castle or her room, she died four years later and was buried at a church in Shitha. Yeah, because you had to be, like, fed daily and everything. So, you know, like, it'd be hard to, like, just cram food into a walled-off castle. It feels like she was, like, in a tower or something in the castle. I don't know. I, I imagine. I mean, she's she, regardless of what she did, she still is royalty. And so mm-hmm. the chances are pretty good that, regardless, she still has all the, like, servants and stuff like that, as well as guards to make sure she doesn't, you know, right. torture the servants. But what do you do when she dies? Then Leave. Well... Yeah, but how do they know if it, if you're all walled up in there? Are they just going to take your word for it? Like, no, she's dead. You can let us out now. Oh, I'm sure there's ladders. You can get in and out if Maybe. you need to. I mean, they well, did have no, ladder the whole technology. Point was that she couldn't get out. Well, she's not going to get out. They've got. I'm sure they had guards around. Well, yeah. at any rate, she dies, <laughs> and her remains are buried in Chitha, which is the town that the castle is in. And then apparently they were moved to the family estate in 1617. Right, because people didn't want her fucking buried there. They were just like, fuck this bitch. Like, right, pretty much. Fucking, yeah, like, do not even fucking have this bitch buried in our land. Well, in 1938, they checked the Get crypt in Chitha, and uh, her remains were not there. And then in 1995, the Bathory family crypts were opened, and her remains were also not there. What the fuck? So, so another also, case of yeah. her remains are gone. The remains of some horrible mass murderer person were gone. Yep. Hmm. Bathory is also the name of a black metal band from Sweden. They made music from 1983 until 2004, when their frontman died of heart failure. Oh. And they released 12 studio albums over the course of their career. Well. Yeah. Thank you for that information. Yes. We've got another famous vampire from literature, Carmilla, 
I hadn't heard about Carmilla before researching this. Had you? Uh, no, I haven't heard of it at all. Okay, so well, tell me about Carmilla. It was released in. A, it was published in a literary magazine called The Dark Blue as a serial, so in parts, from 1871 to 1872 by Joseph Sheridan La Fanu. It's a story that this six-year-old girl has a dream where a beautiful girl comes into her room and she gets stabbed in the chest. Oh. Many years later, she's a, a, a rich girl. Many years later, there is a carriage accident in front of her house, and one of the carriage passengers ends up being the girl who is in the dream. They immediately recognize each other, and the carriage passenger, Carmilla, will start kind of hitting on the girl, Laura, occasionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here and there, she just kind of comes on to her a real hot and cold, I guess. Carmilla sleeps most of the day, doesn't join in during prayer time, and is seen walking around at night. Girls in the surrounding town start dying mysteriously, and even Laura starts getting sick. A doctor examines her and finds a blue spot on her chest. A bunch of plot happens, and Laura and her father team up with other people and figure out that Carmilla is a vampire. Uh, they find her, lair, stake her, cut off her head, burn her remains, and toss the ashes in a river. Mm. And that's the end of Carmilla, huh? That's the end of Carmilla. And that was published before Dracula mm -hmm. by 20 years or so. You want to know what my favorite vampire book is? Yeah, what's your favorite vampire book? My favorite vampire book is Fever Dream by George R.R. R. Martin, who is the guy who does the, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire, right. otherwise known as Game of Thrones. Right, sort of. I yeah. mean, he did some of them. Now HBO does it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am legit getting upset about the fact that Winds of Winter is still... Not, it's never going to come out. Oh my god. It's just, it's making me nuts. However, before he did Game of Thrones, he wrote just this one lone book about a vampire that's like on a steamboat on like the Missouri River or something oh, like interesting. that. Oh, interesting. St. Louis River. Yeah. And it was set in... It was like in like the 1800s. It's like in the steamboat in time. Yeah, like yeah. The riverboat times. Totally. And it's totally fucking awesome. Nice. It is. I could not put it down. It was so good. And then, of course, I'd have to say probably my second one was um, Interview with a Vampire. And that's also my favorite vampire movie is Interview with a Vampire. That's a pretty good movie. Oh, my God. So good. So fucking good. Favorite vampire movie. What's your favorite vampire movie? I would have to say probably 30 Days of Night. I really like that one a lot, too. I like how they are like an apex predator. Mm -hmm. And they're, it's just terrifying. They're actually terrifying. Yeah, they are super fucking terrifying. Plus, Josh Hartnett is super fucking hot. Is so. he, which one is he? Is he the, he's the ma main guy. He's, he's the like main the guy. Okay, yeah. Guy yeah. out there. Yeah, that, was, that was a real good one. Mm -hmm. I, I like that one a lot as well. Although, again, I didn't like the ending because it wasn't. You like the happy endings. I like the happy endings, I... and you enjoy the totally fucked up, not happy endings. Yeah, fucked up endings, depending upon the movie, but a fucked up ending, you know, is definitely not something that happens enough. And so when it does happen, I'm usually pretty surprised by it. Hmm. And so I like that. I'm surprised, but often disappointed. It's like, man, that sucks. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, but whatever. Does. Yeah. Whatever. It's just a movie. But that is a really good one. Um, vampire show. Do you have a favorite vampire show? I'd say The Strain is my favorite vampire show. It's pretty, again, they're pretty much just 
they're very animalistic the vampires mm-hmm. although this is more of their a hive minded thing yeah but still it's good although i'm a sucker for like the the classic vampire like the interview with the vampires right it's a great movie also true blood you haven't watched true blood have you no i tried to really watch awesome. i tried to watch watched. it and i thought it was stupid <sighs> so i just think the whole it's the vampire thing has just been done to death and so when it's just another vampire show it's just not interesting to me it's like oh that's great they're you know attractive and <laughs> refined and oh they drink they, one's gonna have a moral dilemma like oh my god and it's like i don't know i don't really There's give a one shit that, like hates who he is yeah like wham 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 i'm a vampire yeah what so sad about it well, although the underworld underworld's pretty good i can dig those kind of vampires underworld too is cool but i don't know maybe i'm just a whiny person so i relate to like the whiny sad vampire that hates his life maybe you should just listen to the cure and cry by yourself okay i have <laughs> done that before actually hey who hasn't <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on who doesn't cry when they listen to disintegration like who? people with I, no heart <laughs> yeah exactly i don't want to be one of those people no one wants to be one of those people <laughs> <laughs> but i do like I, I do like underworld that's pretty cool yeah but you should. I think you should give True Blood another try. Maybe I will. Is it? Is, I want to watch. I'm gonna, probably going to go home and start watching that again, anyways, because that's a great warm weather show. When I when I watch <laughs> shows, okay, this is the thing about me. I like to watch shows whose weather matches my current weather. I see. Like as close as possible. That's down in Louisiana that this that True, that Blood, True Blood takes, takes place. So obviously, it's never as hot and muggy there, or here. I meant than as there. And then in, like, the winter, I like to watch stuff like the Fortitude, where obviously it's not as cold as, you know, if we lived in the fucking Arctic Circle. But still, it feels that way for a long time sometimes, to me at least. So, so yeah, it's a good time to bust out True Blood and start watching that again because it's nice weather time. And there you go. And vampires love nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they just like the dark, but, you know. Right, right. There's another one, uh, What We Do in the Dark, is hysterical. Really? Yeah, it's a movie. It's a, I believe it's a British movie. Hmm. And it's three vampires that are all flatmates. <laughs> and and one is a really old, like the Nosferatu-style vampire. Right. And it's really funny. It's it's good. You should check that out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but if it is, you should uh, definitely <laughs> watch it. It's really, so, it made me laugh. The only ones I haven't gotten super into, I guess is the twilight now why did you call in our last episode you called them like uh i know why you call them sparkly but you it's actually called it's what we what we do in the shadows uh yeah sparkly uh pedophile pretty boy pedophiles or something like that yeah yeah so why are they pedophiles well because they're over 100 years old and they're scamming on high school girls yeah but that doesn't that doesn't make them a pedophile Eh, pretty close i mean high school is pedophile specifies like prepubescent okay well then statutory rapists okay. whatever yeah i mean that would be a more appropriate <laughs> term i think for them i was sorry. like did i miss something major with twilight like why are they pedophiles because i only watched the the first movie and i never read the books even though yeah. i i heard from a lot of people that that grown-ups not just teenagers that they really like the books hmm. yeah i don't know i've uh, watched the movies and i wasn't impressed 
I only watched the first movie, and it didn't impress me enough to watch any of the subsequent movies. Yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> well, we do have a very much older vampire story than Twilight called the Batal Pashisi, which is thought to have been originally written in the 8th century CE in Sanskrit, which is just holy language. It is known that it was compiled in the 11th century CE by Somadeva, a Hindu poet and monk. The best-known version in English was written by Sir Richard Francis Burton, who was this badass and British badass from the 19th century. He, like, dressed up as a Muslim and went to Mecca and back and made it alive. Mm -hmm. No problem. He did a bunch of explorations in uh, Africa when they didn't know about Africa. He was a pretty badass dude. Yeah, anyone who did stuff like that back in the day, I mean, you had to be pretty hardcore. I believe he got stabbed by a Zulu warrior in the cheek with a spear. Jesus fucking Christ. So he was, you know, fairly like, hardcore. That was a terrifying situation going on. Right, like, yeah. Ugh. So the basic plot of this story is that a king sees a Vitala hanging from a tree. If you remember from our first vampire episode, the Vitala is the Hindu or Buddhist vampire that looks like a large bat. Until it finds a suitable corpse to joyride in. Mm-hmm. The king catches the Vitala, who tells him that he'll tell him a story with a riddle related to the story at the end. If the king knows the answer but does not answer, his head will explode. If he knows the answer and tells it correctly to the Vitala, the Vitala gets to continue hanging on his tree. If the king does not know the answer, then he will go with the king. Hmm. The... This sounds like a fucking Saw movie. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Pretty much. If you do not answer this correctly, your head will explode. Well, no, if you know the answer and lie, mm. your head will explode. That seems like that's not something they would be able to figure out. Avatala is a supernatural being, so... Well, it's gonna so it's going to know if you're lying. Exactly, that's what... But that's... why would you do that? Why would you know the answer and then lie about it? Well, because if this you... This person is... The so thing if... is already in a position to make your head explode. Okay, so if the critter... <laughs> asks you the question and you answer it incorrectly because you thought you knew the answer but you didn't then it will go with you and so you not knowing the answer is what is getting this creature to go with you hmm. the Vitala tells the king a story and then asks the riddle and the story contains all the information that's needed to figure out the riddle. So the king has to answer it correctly. Oh my god, fucking riddles. This would not be something I would be good at at all. Especially yeah. in a stressful situation. Well, the king was pretty good at it. It's like, oh hey, you gotta figure out this riddle now before I like... After they you... tell you the story oh, and all the information's in the story, so... I'm not very good with people yeah. just telling me stuff. I needed to be written down. Well, the king was. Because this <laughs> happens 24 times and the king answers the riddle every time. Jesus fucking Christ, 24 riddles? Yep. And so the 25th time, the king is actually stumped. So the Vitala goes with him. That's just fucking mean. Why you ask it? I mean, he made it sound like it was one story, one riddle. But then they did it over and over again. He kept coming back to the tree and kept coming back to the tree to try and get this Vitala. He told some wizard he was going to give him, get him a Vitala. So anyway, he gets the Vitala. And it's revealed to the king by this Vitala that the wizard that he's collecting the Vitala for is going to kill them both and get all super powerful and shit. So the Vitala comes up with a plan, and the king follows, and he kills the wizard. But that's okay, because the Vitala has a fucking plan. And, and a couple gods, fucking wizard. A couple right. gods see this happening, and they think it's pretty cool, and so they bless the king. Uh, a wish is given to the king by the Vitala, 
and the king wishes for, for the wizard to be forgiven from all of his sins and to be brought back to life as a good guy. You know, I'm feeling like this didn't actually happen. Just like Dracula <laughs> didn't actually happen. Yeah, it's a story. They're not. That's it's a story. It's just a story about a vampire. I get it, but yeah. it's just so like yeah. It's it's just that um I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Right. Well, anyway, it's not it's, just like the one vampire. It's a it's a Hindu one, story, yeah, so it's the whole. It's, it's, it's like the whole every thing. single it's, person is an immortal in some way, or a, a like a there's a wizard, there's the Vitala. There's a couple gods. There's some gods. Yeah. It's just kind of a lot. Like wow, that's a lot of like immortal shit going on there it's from a long time ago it's a myth story <laughs> we talked about real life vampires that just hang out in societies and you know drink blood here and there but there's a few other real life vampires one okay yeah are you gonna tell me about the fucked up serial killer guy well no first we're gonna start with yure grando who was born in 1579 and died in 1656 he lived in the town of kringa in modern day croatia jesus christ what was it about this area that's just <laughs> i know people just totally believe in vampires around there it's like uh they ireland and fairies they still do or i mean iceland and fairies yeah yeah well i think ireland has fairies too right but uh, like 50 percent of icelandic people are said to believe in fairies interesting yeah. we'll talk about that well on it's a like different episode. you know norway with trolls and stuff. yeah yeah they... or fremont yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he died of illness of some sort Shortly after he died, residents start seeing him walking around at night and knocking on doors here and there. Mm. The people who lived in the houses he was knocking on start to die off. Additionally, his widow tells the village governor that he comes and rapes her at night. This goes on for 16 years until Father Giorgio and the governor Miho Raditic and some villagers decide to do something about Grando. <laughs> 16, 16 years, years later, like, they're just like, okay, finally, okay, you know what? Had enough of like I've this continual like, raping people every night and knocking on doors knocking and killing doors people and off. Killing people and, yeah. and, like 16 years, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Well, they <laughs> grab a hawthorn stick and chase Grando down. Is that all it took? <laughs> well, they tried to drive it into <laughs> it took his him heart. 16 years just to like pick up a fucking stick. And yeah, chase him away. right. And they try and stab him with it, but it just bounces off his chest. So. First battle with him doesn't go their way. Right. The next night, they go back with crosses, lamps, and a hawthorn stick, and they dig up his coffin, and inside is the preserved corpse of Grando smiling. Father Giorgio shouts... Sup, bitches? Right? <laughs> nice try last time, assholes. Father Giorgio shouts some Jesus stuff at the corpse, and they again try to drive the hawthorn stick into his heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> something like that, yeah. And all the saints. Probably like Psalms or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, it doesn't go into the chest. So they do some kind of exorcism prayers, and one of the villagers named Stipen Melisak grabs a saw and goes to town on Grando's neck. Ew. The moment the saw bites into the neck, Grando screams and starts bleeding. After the decapitation, shit calms down in the village. And it, this is thought to be the first historical record of an actual person that was believed to be an actual vampire. This account was written by a guy named Volvasor, which sounds like a Pokemon, uh, in his writing called The Glory of the Duchy of Carniola in 1689. You think of Pokemon when you hear the word Volvasor? Volvasor, yeah. <laughs> This was right. a this uh, this book that he wrote was a tell all fifteen volume extravaganza about his homeland of the Duchy of Carniola, which is modern day Slovenia, just east of Italy, just on the other side of uh, the water. Mm -hmm. 
Now, this next guy is pretty fucked up. This is the serial killer. Okay. And we're not going to go into too, I'm not going to go into too much detail about what he does, but he did some pretty fucking awful shit, and we are, I'm going to be describing a little bit of it. Okay. In 1970, Bucharest was rocked by a series of murders. Bucharest is the largest city in Romania, and it's also the capital. Four women were killed, and more than ten others were attacked. Ian Romero was eventually caught and convicted of this. He was the oldest of three boys, and his father used to beat his mother daily until she divorced his dumbass and the father moved to Bucharest. Ian was also a pretty shitty dude. He got caught fucking an underage girl who was the daughter of one, one of his teachers. Oh, geez. Uh, he got convicted of aggravated theft. He did go to college in 1966. He was described by a teacher as shy, semi-literate, with a poor vocabulary and not many interests. It's always the quiet ones. His roommates avoided him because he was a fucking weirdo. He'd cut himself when he got pissed off and had tons of scars and cuts on his arms and legs. Ever since puberty, he had an uncontrollable libido, and in 1967 was diagnosed with DES, reactive nervous syndrome, and mental problems. DES is diffuse esophageal spasm, which shows itself as intermittent problems swallowing food and drink. People who suffer this often have bad heartburn and anxiety issues. I could not find what reactive nervous syndrome is, and it wasn't detailed what kind of mental problems he had. Hmm. It was this 1960s, so they were probably not overly accurate anyway. Yeah. After midnight on nights with shitty weather, snow, rain, that sort of thing, he'd attack a waitress on her way home. He'd brutally beat her with a hammer, axe, metal bar, or a knife. And it was always a waitress? Always a waitress. Some he killed. Some he raped. Some he killed and then raped. So he's like a necrophile, too. He's just a fucking pile of shit. Yeah. Uh, some of his victims that survived testified that he stabbed them and drank their blood. He also tore chunks of skin off of his victims with his teeth. Uh. And the authorities believe that he would actually, in some cases, eat the flesh. The most brutal attack was April 8th, 1971. His victim was murdered and raped. 48 stab wounds to her head, chest, uh. legs, and groin. Five blows to the head. Ribs crushed by being stomped on and her genitalia bitten out. Lovely. He was eventually caught by matching his bite marks. And they did some kind of test on hair found on the victims that also linked him to the crimes. Authorities were searching his dorm room when he returned to it as they were searching it. And in his bag, he had both an axe and a knife. After arresting him, the cops couldn't get him to talk. So he's in his cell and they threw a police officer in there that was posing as an arrested thief. Romero eventually told his new cellmate all kinds of shit. After two months, he admitted to 23 crimes. He'd been arrested for three murders, but admitted to a total of four murders, six attempted murders, five rapes, one attempted rape, and seven thefts. He was also identified by several of his victims. So what did they do to him? Well, he tried to go for an insanity plea, but was denied this and was sentenced to death. He appealed, his de he appealed the death sentence, but it was upheld. October 23, 1971, Rimaru was taken to be executed. He had to be literally dragged all the way to the prison yard where he was to be tied to a post and shot. The whole way, he tried very hard to get away. He was like in a rage. He was freaking out. Once tied to the post, he tried to bite off his own clothes and was all twisting around in the post. 
just crazy just being fucking crazy not like being a fucking you know pussy that just can't fucking take what he dished out it's not even like close to what he dished out no it's like you're getting lucky there buddy straight up i'm sure most of these women wish you just fucking shot them rather than what the fuck you did i mean you shouldn't do anything to no but this pile of shit oh my god yeah so fuck uh, him fuck him and i don't even care at all that he got fucking executed when asked if he had any last wishes he yelled at them to call his father because his father was the guilty one he was, oh, yeah, really, you know, fucking whatever. He was writhing so much that the officers had problems shooting him. I'm and, glad. I'm glad he had that much fucking fear when he died because that's what he fucking... That's what he deserves. Yeah, that's what he deserved. And he'd managed to get turned around on the pole so his face was facing the pole. So he got shot mainly in the back. His back was full of bullets. And he was buried in an unmarked grave and is known as the Vampire of Bucharest. Good. Fuck that guy. As it turns out, his father, Floria, was also a killer. Oh, wow. So, sort of true. Exactly a year after Ian was executed, Floria, quote-unquote, fell off a train and died. Hmm. The official story says this was an accident. However, it has been thrown around that the Romanian secret police assassinated him. Probably. Just probably, like, I don't even want to deal with, like, getting putting you on trial and then having to execute you like you're fucking piece of shit son i'm just throwing off a fucking train yeah regardless of it his corpse (laughs) drew attention and it turned out that his fingerprints and boot sizes matched that of four murders that happened in 1944 where women in basement level apartments were beaten to death with blunt objects the four murders happened on nights after where, where there was shitty weather where it was snowy or rainy hmm so this is like middle this is world war ii People are already fucking terrified, and this jackass is breaking into their apartments and beating them to death. What a fucking piece of shit. Also in Romania in 2004, authorities were called when six people did something that was sort of out of the ordinary. A family member had died and been buried when a few of the living family members started getting sick and not getting better. Oh yeah, I read, I watched about this family they believed that the deceased family member had turned into a vampire and was doing you know vampire shit Mm -hmm. the solution was they dug up the corpse and found blood on its mouth so the brother-in-law of the corpse removed the heart which was full of blood and burned it they then mixed the ashes with water that each of them afflicted drank yeah my god that's so gross i would not drink drink dead body burnt heart ash yeah well it apparently cured them because they stopped having problems and they did do time they did three months in jail for mutilating a corpse but mm-hmm. yeah that was sort of i don't a, even know if that i was would a enforce weird that law i just be like dude just why can't you just, why don't you just like leave town or you guys <laughs> leave the village i wonder guys, if they're still in villages in romania sorry that's me being a fucking horrible person right there i don't know much about romania <laughs> but it was just like how do you would you dig up the corpse of somebody that you knew, like a family member? If I thought that was going to help me and my loved ones, sure. If I honestly believed that, if that was my solution, then yeah, why not? I don't know. I think you're a sick bastard for doing that. If it was, if I thought it was going to help myself and my loved ones, then I would definitely do it, hands Ugh. down. No problem. They were just sick, though. I mean, it's like... And they, but they weren't getting better. Right. So obviously, still. I mean... The... So obviously it was... The fucking corpse that was it was a vampire. Loved ones. That's that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. 
What are you gonna do? You are so fucking full of shit. Oh my god. Um, if that's what you, if you know for a fact, if that's what you believe, if you're taking that as like God's truth, then why wouldn't you do it? If because that's, it's gross to dig up dead people. I guess it's also all, gross okay, if you have and to, to cut out their fucking heart and burn it and then drink its ashes. You know, if, that is like hmm. if one of your kids broke both their arms and couldn't wipe their own ass, would you wipe their ass for them? Yes. Okay. So because well, their ass that... needs to be wiped, right? And because huh? their ass needs to be wiped, yes. right? And they can't do it themselves. So if you're sick and you know what's going to fix the sickness is drinking heart ash, then why wouldn't you look at it the same way? If you believe it a hundred percent. What kind of person are you to believe it at a hundred percent in the first place? All right. Well, I just <laughs> people believe a lot of things a hundred percent. Yeah, that... but not to the point where they would dig up a rotting corpse and yeah. That's some pretty hardcore weird beliefs. Sorry if they you are... don't think it's like weird at all and you're just oh, like no. not I even it's... questioning it. Like, oh well, why wouldn't they? If they I, totally I, believe I, it. I do think it's weird, <laughs> but what I'm saying is if it's if that's the solution to what your problem is and the problem is affecting people you love, then why wouldn't you just do it? That's what my that's what my point is. Not right. what they're doing is right, but wouldn't you do anything for the people you love? Yeah, but you can take yeah. that question like so fucking far yeah. for a lot of to justify a lot of things. Totally. I think it is fucked up to dig up somebody's corpse. A loved one's corpse. I just can't imagine fully believing in anything that that was going to be a solution to something that's fucking whacked. I mean, I personally wouldn't believe it either, but if I <laughs> if it was something I believed, then I would easily do something like that. Yeah. Especially cuz it's not actually hurting anybody. You're digging up a corpse. It's your loved one's corpse. Like they're already it's, dead. That's true. It's just so gross. It's weird, and, and it's I wouldn't. Burn, I mean, I wouldn't drink hard ash, but <laughs> you know, lots of medicines are pretty fucked up too. Yeah. Well, I guess people, if you believe in what you're doing, uh, Nate is not going to question you at all, like or your beliefs. No. Who am I to question beliefs? <laughs> I will fucking question and judge. Just so yeah. you know, <laughs> you <judgy> bitch. <laughs> Well, I have a story about a fucking vampire, a vampire, the vampire of Paris. The vampire of Paris. What this guy is known as. And his name is Nicolas Clou, C L A U X. He's French. So I'm right. I'm going to assume that it is pronounced similar to faux. I would say that that's a pretty good bet. So Nicolas Clou. He was convicted of one count of premeditated murder and six counts of fucking with dead bodies that wasn't like the official that's the official charge of fucking with dead bodies fucking with dead bodies although he did dabble in that as well um you know something of a corpse violation of a corpse or something like that but this was in 1994 in paris and basically the guy that he killed he met on he met on a site that was like kind of not quite the internet yet. Yeah, it was the BBS systems, right? Like so AOL the online and chat and shit. Yeah, it was like an online chat, like thing IRC for men in, sort of men thing. in Paris, kind of like a precursor almost to Grinder. It was mostly for like gay men to oh, okay to hook up with each other. So he meets up with this guy uh, named Terry Bissonnier, and he's thirty four years old, and Chloe is twenty two years old, and 
he goes over to this guy's apartment and shoots him in the head like four fucking times. Oh, Jesus. And just sits there eating cookies and watching him die. And then I guess he takes some checks and he's using, he's like forging this guy's signature. And that's what eventually leads the cops to him. The cops like, you know, find him, the guy dead in his apartment. I don't know if he'd been dead like three, four days. Long and then they started, started tracing stinking. the checks after noticing, you know, he the, the place had been ransacked or whatever. And so then they catch good old Nicholas here. And after they arrest him, they go into his apartment and they find some interesting things. So Sick Nick is what I'm going to fucking call him. Sick Nick. Was He was like a mortuary assistant. Oh. Yeah. So. 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 <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> when he when the police looked at his apartment they found various bone fragments bags of blood and human cremains as well as human teeth and vertebrae jesus yeah now some of this probably he stole oh yeah but there were some other killings in the area at the time. Well, I'm sure no I think one... as many as seven, but they only convicted him on the one, and he only confessed to the one. Technically speaking, he stole all of them, because it's not like people were giving that shit up to him willingly. Right. This first quote I have from him is when he was asked, They apparently some serial killer calendar was made. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it featured like all these fucking serial like, killers. Like a fireman's ca- yeah, calendar exactly. or like a bikini babe calendar. Right, there's, right. Like, there's a serial, like, a serial killer, killer one. So somehow I'm not surprised. So he was asked for his likes to, you know, put on the calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my likes include, my hobbies include, but it was likes. I gotcha, I gotcha. So his likes included autopsies, gothic graveyards, slasher movies, stench of opened coffins. Oh, God. Human vertebrae, dismemberment, formaldehyde, and plasma, watching some stupid bastard's leg, legs violently shake during his death spasms. <laughs> wow. Yes. So he is convicted of this one murder and then uh, the six counts of, you know, fucking with corpses. And he said that, you know, when he worked at the mortuary, he would strip pieces of meat off of the dead bodies and eat them. God, that's so fucking gross. It is so gross. Here's another quote when he's talking about it. it says, I talked with a butcher once who told me that the meat is better three or four days after death. Oh. Gross. This was something I had always dreamed of doing and it was an opportunity to do it on a regular basis. Sometimes I brought select meats home with me to be cooked, but my preference was to eat them raw. Oh my God. Yeah. It's gross. That it tasted like tartar steak. <laughs> little steak tartar. God. Or uh, carpaccio. The big muscles of the thighs and the back were good, but there was no good meat in the breasts, only fats. Sounds like Hannibal Lecter. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> People often ask me what went through my mind the first time I indulged in my cannibalistic fantasy. Well, to be honest, I said to myself, wow, I'm a cannibal. Now I'm a cannibal. Cool. Wow, God. Yes, yes. But so probably he's seven, all in French. So get want to want to guess how many years he's sentenced to in prison? Twenty nine. Twelve. 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 
And he was released after serving seven years. Wow. And this is not like premeditated murder. This is something that is going to and he's, so he's, and give he's, you life here in America without parole. Right, or at but least not, 25, but not, not in France, France, apparently. So is he... It's the whole of Europe and their fucking legal system. It's like Australia and Western Europe. And it's just like, what the fuck is it with you guys and the uber lenient prison sentences that people get for shit? I don't know. It's crazy. It's so is that crazy. guy still alive today? Yeah, he's still alive today. He was released in 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah, and while he was in prison, he decided to do some... Um, he started doing paintings as a hobby. Right. And a lot of his paintings have sold for over $300 a piece. Jesus Christ. So now he's going to have to serve seven fucking years. He has to start making like paintings and selling for 300 bucks a piece. Like That's totally not fucking fair. Wow. I'm a good person, and we don't even make any money at this podcast, and that seems like not fucking fair. <laughs> well, maybe and you this need fucking a... piece of shit gets to like sell his paintings for three hundred bucks a pop. Maybe you need to start paint killing and painting. Yeah, well, maybe you need to start like eating some people because I'm not going to be able to bring myself to do that. Man, I only <laughs> even really eat fish. That's true. <laughs> it's You're a fucking vegetarian. It's way bigger of a jump for me than you. But I, I have a little closing quote from sick nick here i have a message for people who smoke do drugs eat junk food and drink alcohol you are slowly poisoning your blood (laughs) you draw the vileness into your lungs cancer ravages your veins you have no respect for your own body and flesh i saw many of you lying on the slab you make me feel sick your body is a walking trash can your meat disgusts me this is specially aimed at girls. Do some sports, quit smoking, go on a protein diet, take some care of your arteries. You will feel a lot sexier. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks a lot, you fucking piece of shit. Thanks, thanks, Nick. This is <laughs> Thank a PSA you for that wonderful a, fucking advice. PSA from a cannibal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> aimed towards women when I, you admit on like the gay website, maybe you're just searching for victims, but I think... Probably, probably he just like hated women and people in general. Probably, except to eat. Yeah. He liked to eat them. <laughs> Especially for you girls. It's just like, fuck you, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I'll take that into consideration. I'll be fucking healthier so that some fucking piece of shit can attack me and enjoy my fucking blood. Yeah, Thanks. well, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> goals. Hashtag life goals. Straight up. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag vegan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, is that uh, all you got for us that today? That is pretty much all I got. All right. Well, so, then. Uh, read Fever Dream, though. Read Fever Dream? All yes. right. Oh, it'll go on the list. It is It is very, very good. I believe it. He's not a bad writer. No, he's not. He's very good. And he's it's just, just interesting. You know, he just does this one that's like completely different from... A Song of Ice and Fire. Right, right, yeah. It's, but it's also, like, so super good. Like, well, Anne Rice wrote out. a lot of really good vampire ones, but I really only liked Interview with the Vampire. That I, was, like, my favorite one. Yeah, I think I read... I know I read The Vampire, vampire Lestat, Lestat and, and Queen, Queen of, of the, the Damned, Damned, I think. Yeah. But then I just didn't really... Mm-hmm. Just didn't really care that much. Vampires got so shoved down all of our throats. Right. Right around and that time. And I think time, Interview so. of the Vampire could have just been in in itself, and like that's it. Like we didn't yeah. need anything more. And that's kind of how Fever Dream is. It's like a one great story, like a really good vampire story, and that's that's it. And it's a good, it's an easy, it's a quick one. I mean, I read it in like two days. Yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't put it down. Yep. So 
F-E-V-R-E, dream. Oh. Mm-hmm. For any of you guys looking for that one. There you go, You're by welcome. George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, I guess that's all we got for you today, so we will talk to you next time. And stay strange. Do you enjoy the Stranger Than podcast? Please let us know. Rate and comment on iTunes. Check out and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stranger than podcast. Our Twitter at underscore stranger than or drop us an email stranger than podcast at gmail.com. That's stranger than podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Also feel free to email us any strange, mysterious or misunderstood stories or topic suggestions that you'd like to share or hear about.